0: A series, and uh, we want to. We called it Never Lose Sight of Our Purpose. What's our mission statement? We see it out there in the foyer. We love God, we love people, and we live with purpose. Let's repeat that together. We love God, we love people, then what? We live with purpose. And then our vision is to reach, connect, grow, and serve. Say it with me. Reach, connect, grow and serve when we talk about reach we talked about that a couple weeks ago it means let's bring someone bring someone to church invite people to church be salt and light in your world then connect choose community life happens who are you doing life with when it happens negatively that's a good question to ask and today we're going to talk about grow grow to your full potential and that's that's one of my well any topic i'm on is my favorite topic so But I love talking about growth. Growth without change is impossible. So let's get ready to change so we go to a higher level and we can be more productive for God. So when we talk, and then we talk about serve, and we're going to talk about that next week, which means serve, which you can serve your way to your destiny. Join a team so you can add your your giftings and your supply to the church. First, reach a couple scriptures I want to remind us of. Bring someone, Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. Paul said this. He said, the most important thing is that I complete my mission. And I tell you what, that's, that's my heart, As I complete my mission, that, that I transition to heaven, having fully fulfilled the will of God, the full length, the breadth, the depth, and the height of everything God has called me to. And I hope you feel the same way. So that the work of the Lord Jesus gave me, here's the most important thing, to tell people the good news about God's grace. And then Luke 14, 23, another great scripture. It says, and the Lord said unto his servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come so that my house is filled. I tell you what, I, I know that we have social distancing, but I tell you what, I'm, I am so on, on point when it comes to, I'm looking for somebody that I can invite to church. I'm looking for somebody that I can connect to the church. I'm looking for somebody. And that's our second point, connect, choose community. In Matthew chapter 22, we talked about this last week. One of them, an expert in the religious law, tried to trap him in in a question. They said, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law? Moses. And Jesus replied, you shall love the Lord your God with what? all your heart and all your soul and all your mind you know there was something something on praise and worship today i felt all of our hearts were were praising and worshiping god today you know god's looking for those who who will worship him in spirit and in truth with a heart totally mean it just with all of my being i was praising and worshiping god today and that's that's how you catch the heart of god verse 37 jesus replied you must love the lord your god love god With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor. What is it? Love God, love people, live with purpose. So there's scriptural precedence on what we're doing in our vision. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So if we're to boil our Christian walk down... into a word I would say relationship relationship with God and relationship with good people in other words our company and uh, we're commanded to love all people isn't that a great isn't that a great scripture we're commanded to love all people Uh uh-huh even the ones that aren't so lovely sometimes we might not be so lovely sometimes but uh, we love all people and we give them grace right And, uh, but we don't have to fellowship with worldly people. We try to win them, but we don't, we can't buddy up with them because bad company corrupts good character. But godly friends promote and stimulate good manners, morals, godly character, and what will you choose? Again, that's our first two points we did a couple weeks. And life happens. Who are you doing life with? Who can you call? Who can you, you know, who are you serving with? Who are you in a small group with? Who, who are you able to call up when you're going through something? Say, listen, I just need some prayer. I tell you what, that's a, that's a wonderful thing to have, and you can have it. Then point number three today. Grow to your full potential. Say it with me. Grow to my full potential. I'm not satisfied with where I am. Pastor Quan, are you backslidden? No, I'm not backsliding. I just know there's a better me waiting on me to take initiative and grow. A better, it's just, it's true. And aren't you looking forward to uh by the time the service is through, there's gonna be a better you that someone looks at? Right? So 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, and 12 through 15 says, if you instruct the brethren in these things. You will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in words of faith. Listen to that. I like what you said last night, um, William. You talked about how you were meditating on the word because the words nourish us. We're nourished up in words of faith and good doctrine, which we have carefully followed. But reject profane and old fables and exercise yourself to godliness. It's an exercise. It says, how many exercise Physically of us no, no, that's all several hands. but it's not something that you always want to do, right? It takes discipline. and in our walk with God takes discipline. It takes discipline to pray. It takes a discipline to come to church consistently. It takes a discipline to word you know, speak the word and to meditate on the word. But exercise yourself toward godliness because bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable for all things having promise, of the life that now is, and also that which is to come. Verse 12 goes on to say, And let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Until I I come, give attention to the reading and exhortation to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which is given to you by prophecy, by the laying on of hands, of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to these things entirely to them. Why? That your progress or your growth or your development may become evident to all. People should see a positive change in your life consistently over time. That's being a witness and it could help other people rededicate their life to the Lord. It could also help us to have such a disposition that we're in our workplace or wherever we are, in our world and people see something different in our life and they can they they could ask us questions and we could just give us our we could give them our story so to fulfill our potential we must grow say it with me I must grow right we have to grow to our full potential to fulfill our potential we have to grow to our full potential and growth is a process it's not an event it's a daily day so daily it is so daily. Sometimes, you know, you can't go by your feelings whether you're growing or not. No. The growth, again, without change is impossible, and then growth without pain is impossible. I'm going to be quoting John Maxwell quite a few times this morning because I, I was just, I have a leadership Bible by him, and, and uh, so I look up to him in the, in the um, subject of growth. So he said it like this, there's a law of timing to growth. Now listen to this, it's going to be so, so important for us to hear. Consider this, it took 40 years for Joshua, Joshua's leadership style to match the need of the moment. It took him 40 years of consistent development and growth and process in order for him to be ready for when he was called on in his moment. I couldn't be doing what I'm doing today without the process of being in the full-time ministry for 33 years I couldn't be I couldn't be if, if I if if I didn't stay faithful if I didn't stay committed if I didn't stay consistent if I didn't follow my leaders I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing today let me read that again so it just gets you stimulated to get on the path of growth if you're not on it it took Joshua, 40 years for Joshua's leadership style to match the need of the moment. Up until that time, Moses led diplomatically. He sat and judged the people patiently, and, he, and they grumbled through years in the desert. And by the time the Israelites reached Canaan, fierce enemies awaited them, and they needed a much more confrontational leader. You see what happened? Moses' leadership style was totally different than Joshua's. And by the time Moses' leadership was coming to an end, it was time for Joshua's leadership to enter into the picture as more of a confrontational leader. That's that's amazing. I love that. He was a military man, skilled in war. Timing can dictate appropriate leadership styles. And a matter of fact, sometimes God can, can... can help you change your leadership style to fit the hour as well. I've changed a lot. Uh, in my, my, uh, my family down there in the first, first row could testify. I've changed a lot through the years. I've evolved because I've been on a continual uh, growth plan and growth mentality. So the law of timing, requ- it, it requires growth. If we don't stay consistent, we won't be ready for when we're tapped on. We won't be ready for when we're, you know, it becomes our hour. So the law of timing, are you getting ready to fulfill your full potential? If you are, you're willing to go through growth. Brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly. People can see when our faith is growing consistently. People can see our disposition. People can see our evolution as being more Christ-like, it says your, your faith grows exceedingly and the love of God and the love of everyone of you abounds toward each other. Listen now, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. It, if change is inevitable and we don't change and evolve with the change that's going on, we'll become Irrelevant. we won't be in touch Uh, the Word of God will never change we we go with the Word of God right but the method does so we have to be aware of change going on around us we can all grow beyond our current level tell the person next to you it's time for you to grow up well that was was a little quiet wasn't it (laughs) I didn't say that right but it fit it's time for us to grow up to another level Come on up. Are you going to come up with me? Yes. I said, are you going to come up with me? Yes. Come on. We're going to go higher. This, I tell you, some, some people won't want to change because they like the status quo. That's their choice. But I'm, I know I, I'm going to become a better version of me. I don't, know, I don't know what version I am. I know I'm not 1.0. I'm probably about 5.0. I'm striving for a (laughs) 10.0. But life, yeah. But life is the sum of all your choices. When you have to make a choice and you don't make it, that in itself is making a choice. Think about that. We'll not defeat what we're willing to tolerate. See, to, to defeat certain battles, you'll have to grow to be able to overcome that certain level. Our faith groweth exceedingly. That's why we don't want to uh, fall asleep on our faith walk and learning and growing and meditating on the Word, doing the basic things that we know. Because something's going to happen in life we'll need to be prepared. Results come based upon what we're willing to do. John Maxwell says successful and unsuccessful people do not vary greatly in their abilities they vary in their desire to reach their potential nobody's a natural you work hard to get good and then you work hard to get better because it's hard to stay on top that's paul kaffey he was a nfl star an hl star but john maxwell goes on to say in order to grow it takes teachability You've heard me say this before, that one of the greatest things I tried to instill in my my kids' lives is be teachable. Because the day you become unteachable is the day you cannot grow any longer. And the day that you won't be able to fulfill your full potential. We don't know it all. Thank God we have good people in our life, good people over our life, that can teach us. And we're teachable. If we don't learn from history, we'll repeat it. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 1. Zechariah chapter 1, 1 through 4. It says, In November of the second year of King Darius' reign, the Lord gave the message to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the grandson of Edo. I, the Lord, was very angry with your ancestors. Oh, I don't want that tone of God toward me, are you? Oof, I don't want that. I, the Lord, was very angry with your angry with your ancestors therefore say to the people this is what the lord of heaven's army says return to me and i will return to you says the lord of heaven's armies don't be like your ancestors who would not listen or pay attention when the earlier prophets said to them this is what the lord of heaven's army says turn from your evil ways and stop all your evil practices listen good leaders are continual learners they're teachable They're teachable. We must keep learning. We must stay teachable or we'll stop growing and we forfeit our leadership. See, because people want to follow people ahead of them. If you're a a six-level leader, you only attract five, four, three, two, one-level leaders. If you want more quality around you, you need to get more quality in you and need to come up to another level. There's certain people that, that I will follow because they're ahead of me. They're above me. It takes the lid off so I can come up higher, so that I can come up higher for those that I lead. You might say, is, this, is leadership teaching today? Well, it is some because you're a leader. What is leadership? Leadership is influence. You're influencing somebody positively. Or negatively. So you can apply this in your home. You can apply this on the job. I tell you what, if you will follow me as I follow the Lord, you should be getting promotions and raises. Because these traits are so very important. Good leaders are continual learners. They're teachable. We must keep learning. Stay teachable or we'll stop growing and we'll stop leading. We can't afford to stagnate. For our world and our people are changing too quickly. New insights and new opportunities appear. When I think about um, Michael and Kana and, and all the different people that we have working with us, Derek and, and all, you know, so many people that work with us, you're all, we, don't, we can't do what we do without your help. But they have areas of responsibility. It takes them to figure out with God's help and God's wisdom, What is most appropriate today for young adults? How are they learning? How do they listen? What music do they like? You know, we we don't always like our parents' music. Right? So, So we have our own style. We have our own way of listening. We have our own style of worship. And that's with our, you know, the small groups, the way we're doing things virtually today. I love it. I mean, that's just just the way we're doing church in these different times. But Zechariah needed to learn from the past. His Hebrew forefathers had failed to follow Yahweh. God warned Zechariah to take heed and not to follow in their footsteps. Zechariah would have forfeited his future if he was not teachable. And grown from their mistakes. In Luke chapter 4, I'm just going to give you a reference there. Luke chapter 4, it's a good read. We see that God uses wilderness experiences in the life to help us grow too. It's so exciting in here today. Don't you just feel the energy? (laughs) Talking about being teachable, talking about growing, talking about discipline, talking about wilderness. Talking about a wilderness, you, did you know Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness for 40, I almost said 40 years, I don't know, but I rebuke that, Four, 40 days. But the role of the wilderness in the preparation of a leader cannot be overemphasized. You're going you're to be led into the wilderness. Both Luke and Matthew record Jesus' time in the wilderness at the beginning of his ministry, and Jesus spent 40 days alone in the desert, abstaining from food, noise, and distraction. And both gospel writers tell us this was a time ordained by the Holy Spirit. So if you're saying, pray me out of this wilderness, well, I'm not going to until the wilderness has done what it needed to. So what happens, what happens to leaders in, wilder, in that wilderness season? First of all, we recognize that God will lead us into these seasons of growth, not gratification. There are different seasons. Number two, we fight battles and overcome temptations to take shortcuts. You're not going to get out of that wilderness until God's gotten everything he needed to out of you in that wilderness experience. So the sooner you cooperate and become teachable and grow, could be the sooner you can get out of that thing. Ooh, Say amen. 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 Or say oh me or something. We learn discipline and the art of depending on God. Oh, that's so true. You'll know you're in the wilderness experience when you're in it alone. There's no distractions. It seems like people can't even help you at that moment. Because God is trying to get you to rely on him. Number four, which goes into that comment, we are broken of self-sufficiency and self-promotion. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Number five, we solidify our sense of mission. You know, we ought to have one eye on eternity all the time. If we're not, you might be headed toward the wilderness. (laughs) We gain perspective, number six. And number seven, we are prepared to enter our vocation, or we're prepared that much better to fulfill our function. in whatever God's called us to do in a greater way. Growth came with the right perspective of a wilderness. You can buck against the wilderness all you want, but you're still going to be in it until you learn from it what you need to so you come up higher. John Maxwell again, he says growth and here's some signs of leadership in the early church and talking about the the top of the growth and I'm going to mention several uh, evidences or signs that we're growing. Well, the leadership, do we see it in ourselves? by the way, the leadership of the early church produced growth naturally. The leaders practiced listen are we leaders the leaders practiced obedience commitment healthy relationships faith and then growth was a natural result this is a sign of healthy leadership in Acts chapter 5 we see the leadership ingredients that enabled the church to grow first of all purity the leaders didn't settle for anything less than integrity you know, if, if anybody ever made a comment about me and what I was about, I, don't, I wouldn't care that they said, man, he was the greatest orator that I've heard. He was a great communicator. He was this, he was that. I would love to say, I would love them to say that he was a man of integrity. More than anything. With a heart of purity. Number two, power. The leaders modeled supernatural power that met human needs. Do we see these signs in ourselves? Persecution. Opposition served to strengthen leaders and their convictions. Proclamation. The leaders eagerly communicated their message. Then priorities. The leaders clearly laid out their top priority which made decisions easier. The reason why we have a vision, the reason why we we, um, have a heart for all races, and in all ages is because we we're, we're we have a honed in vision that determines what our yes is and determines what our no is it determines what we do it determines what we do not do and then praise in the midst of adversity leaders maintained an attitude of gratitude and praised God for everything thank God then perseverance The leaders kept right on influencing others, living a life of conviction, not caution. Would you say that growth should become maybe a little bit higher of a priority in our life? We love God. We love people. We live with purpose. That living with purpose depends on whether we're going to go through the process of reach, connect, grow, grow, fulfill our full potential, grow, fulfill our full potential, and serve. You start implementing and applying your gifts. Did you know that your next level is waiting on you? I don't know what type of level leader you are. No one's a 10. We should strive for it. We should strive for always. You're, you're, I'm in the endless pursuit. I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it, of Perfection. And if you're a perfectionist, you have to watch that balance, too, because you don't know when to turn it off. You, you, you just after things constantly, and then like Fabian ministered to us on Wednesday night, then you don't have the proper amount of rest, spirit, soul, or body. So I have to watch my perfectionism in me, because I've come in and out of work, workaholism in the ministry. Yeah, I have. I love it. i'm a perfectionist and i have to make sure that i keep that in balance and keep that in check john maxwell said preparation talking about growth and preparation preparation positions your talent consider moses in exodus chapter 2 or and 2 through 4. he grew up in pharaoh's palace in egypt and was given benefits education resources needed to be successful in life except for one small ingredient he lacked. God had to prepare his heart. God had to prepare his heart. Moses had to grow. Moses killed an Egyptian who was beating a Hebrew slave, and God sent Moses into the wilderness for 40 years where he could prepare him for the job of leading the Hebrews out of slavery in Egypt and into Canaan. We could have several things that that are good leadership traits, but what, what kind of heart do we have? What's our integrity level? Is it about me or is it about others? It's about others. God took 40 years to get him ready for the mission, the job. It was too big for a novice. If you stay undeveloped, you won't get certain assignments from God to do. He had to grow. God made sure Moses' head, his hands, his heart were ready before turning him loose. Getting back to that word teachability. Let's just all say this together. I am teachable. teachable. You know, you're going to have to pay for that word. I am teachable. Come on, say it again. I I am teachable. Consider Simon Peter in Acts chapter 10. Peter was a talented preacher he was also one who preached the first sermon of Acts Acts chapter 2 when the church began and he spoke all over Jerusalem clearly was a senior leader and a spokesman for the gospel in the first eight chapters of Acts however in Acts chapter 10 God challenges Peter with a new insight with a revelation the gospel was meant for the Gentiles too not just for the Jews. Now imagine if he wasn't teachable. Imagine if he he heard this, God was dropping a, a new word into his heart, and yet he was like, wait a minute. He talked about, but we're not supposed to touch any unclean thing or eat any unclean thing. But God challenges Peter with a new insight. The gospel was meant for the Gentiles too, not just the Jews. Peter had a difficult time embracing the idea But thankfully, his teachable spirit opened the door for him to take the gospel and his talent to those outside of the Jewish faith and a whole new ministry was born. And this would not have been possible if he was not teachable. Say it again, I am teachable. I'm going to grow. I have a commitment to grow. What God has for our future will come by our next level of faith, our next level of development, our next level of growth. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, that is, separate you from the profane and vulgar things and make you pure and whole, undamaged. That was the Amplified Version. Isn't that amazing? He'll make us whole, pure, undamaged, consecrated to him, Set apart for his purpose. I'm coming up. How about you? I'm coming up to a new level. And I, I'd ask you to follow me as I follow the Lord. I'm coming up. 2 Thessalonians one three says, Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but to thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. Boy, faith and love, that's a dynamic duo right there. His faith works by love. A believer with exceedingly growing faith is not one that doesn't face any hard times, that's for sure. But is known or recognized by how they handle hard times. Last week we talked about, and again, when life happens, facing hard times is so much easier when you when you have a few people in your in your life that can help you and agree with you and walk with you and care about you and check on you one of my one of my roles in this region there's there's different things of you know I pastor pastors so I'm constantly doing follow up I'm constantly checking up on certain things and certain people especially those who who are going through things and we do here at the ministry as well but when we face hard times, how are we handling them? It should be a good witness in the testimony before others. Their words locate them. Their attitude, perseverance, patience, love, confidence in God is all seen. In 1 Timothy 4.15, it says, Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress or your growth will be evident to all. You know, if you're married here today, a better marriage is waiting on your development. If you're a single here today, your singleness and your whole world is the better quality for you coming up is waiting on you. A better jobs waiting on you, your growth. You know, in order to, you, you know, people do pray and they ask God for promotions, they ask God for raises, but what are they doing to grow about it? What are they going to do in teachableness and serving Serving and helping their leader progress and succeed. Prayer is one thing. Doing what it takes to back up that prayer for it to be fulfilled is another. I believe that if you serve people right, you'll always be in demand. Always. Better relationships are waiting on our development. Better friendships, a better job, career, business, finances, health, better ministry, better serving others can get better if we're willing to grow. Being a better man is waiting on my development. Being being a better husband, father is waiting on my development. Being a better pastor, leader, leader of leaders is waiting on my development. I can't stay where I am because I want to serve those who God has set me over in a better way. A better mind's waiting on me to renew my mind on the Word of God. Remember Romans 12, 2 through 3 says, don't be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs. Be transformed and progressively changed as you mature and grow and spiritually by the renewing of your mind. In other words, if you don't renew your mind, you're going to revert back to your old ways. You cannot fulfill the will of God without Daily renewing your mind on the Word of God. Because he goes on to say that the, when we renew our mind on the Word of God, we prove out what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. We need to have a good relationship with God through His Word. All right, on the count of three, I want to amen or something. And one, two, three. Amen. There you go. You've been listening good these weeks. A better mind, better control of our emotions is waiting on us. Our life, again, is a sum total of how we think of the decisions and the choices we make. Being better physically is waiting on, on us. Being healthier is waiting on us to eat better. To... To exercise better. Now, I'm going to get ready to throw something down. Here comes a curveball. You ready? I warned you. But this is, it's, it's sad, and I don't want to ever find myself as a leader of the church in this position. Too many church, too many churches, too many businesses, too many church and business leaders are perfectly equipped to reach a world that no longer exists because they didn't grow they were settled in their own ways they weren't open to the next generation the way they worship they weren't open to uh, I I like what Hannah's doing sometimes she's incorporating some older older hymns within the new as I think that's so cool because we're able to reach the different age categories we have here at harvest Now, now maybe certain songs isn't necessarily what you like but you like the fact that we're multicultural and you like the fact that we're reaching all generations. And you can't settle into your favorite perfect way of worshiping. Otherwise, we're not being compassionate to others. I love the mix we have. I love it. I love it. Can I say that one more time? Too many churches, too many church and business leaders, they're perfectly equipped to teach or excuse me to reach a world that no longer exists come on let's grow reach connect grow Grow to what your full potential you're not at your full potential I'm not at my full potential churches who love the method more than the mission will die methods change we must learn and grow but the message and the mission doesn't. Kerry Newall uh, is a teacher of leadership. He talked about it happened in the 1950s, 1970s, I'm sure 60s and 1990s, 2000s. What was effective a decade ago isn't always effective today. Leaders who live in the past end up dying to the future. Churches or businesses that miss cultural change become irrelevant. The gap between how quickly you change and how quickly culture changes is called irrelevance. I don't want to be a one generation church. I want us, if the Lord tarries, we're, we're raising up the next generation. Do you, do you see all the young adults helping us in the ministry now? I love it. I mean, they're bringing in technology. I mean, I'm telling you, I just, I'm so thrilled. They do things better than we do. So we're, we're empowering them, we're teaching them. and we're helping them with their character development as they have these giftings. I'm growing in cultural competence. I have to continually study about that. And cultural um, gener- generational competence as well. Every person has, has a long, longing for God, but sometimes we long for God a different way because we're a different generation. Don't, don't be upset at that. I mean, as long as it's word-based... We're good. Nothing in our life will change until we get fed up or tired with whatever is hindering us from our growth. You might be a person. It could be a place. It could be a thing. But Proverbs 13, 23 says, much food is in the fallow or the unused, unseeded, uncultivated, undeveloped ground of the poor, and potential is in the uncultivated ground of people's lives, and the improved me and you is waiting on us to grow. So get eye contact with somebody and tell them, I'm sold. I'm going to continue to grow. Come on, aren't you going to continue to grow? I am. It's time for us to be stimulated to grow so that this ministry can operate at a higher level and serve people at a better way, in a better way. Quality. So I challenge you grow to fulfill your full potential let's pray father we thank you for this time we thank you for the word we thank you for the challenge that we hear you talking to us in our life and father right now in jesus name we commit we commit to growing and i'm hoping you're committing to growing also father we just we just say nevertheless not my will be done we say father your plans your purposes your pursuits Father, we want to fulfill the length and the breadth and the depth and the height of everything you've called us to. And oh God, help us by your grace fulfill this commitment of grace and growth. Father, we thank you that you never instruct us without your empowerment to help us to fulfill whatever you've said. Thank you. We honor you and we praise you. We do make that commitment to grow. God, we love people. We love you, God. We love people, and we live with purpose. We reach. We bring people to church. We connect. We choose community. We grow to our full potential. And, Father, we serve because you said the greatest amongst us are those who serve. Any promotion in your life is just another level and more people that you get to serve not them getting to serve you it's a team teamwork father so we thank you as we bow our heads this morning let me just ask you this question if you were god forbid if you were to die today and i speak to you online as well do you know for sure that you go to heaven is jesus the way is jesus the truth and jesus the life like we talked about like we sang about Do you know no man can get to heaven, no person can get to heaven unless you come through Jesus? Why? Because he's the son of God that God sent. That knew no sin so he could die for our sin. And he died for our sin. And he was raised on the third day. And he did it all for us as our substitute. But have you accepted him? Have you accepted his sacrifice? Have you accepted his redemption? Have you accepted his Salvation that he's already done for us. Have you received Jesus as your Savior and your Lord? If you haven't, it'd be my honor to pray with you today. If you're here today, say, Pastor Cohen, I, I don't know if I were to die today, I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me, Pastor Corn? Include me in this prayer. I will. If that's you today, lift up your hand real high where I can see it. No one else is looking around right now. Just have a private moment. Any of you online today on TV, you just lift up your hand as well. This is your day to receive a whole new way, a whole new person. Should you pray this out loud with me? Let's all pray this together, church. Say it with me, God, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe died on the cross all my sins I believe on the third day you raised Jesus from the dead Jesus I believe you're alive I believe you're the savior of the world and right now I receive you I take you as my savior and I receive you and I take you as my lord thank you for saving me in Jesus name I thank you that I am saved and I thank you that Jesus is the lord of my life now thank you god father i just pray that you would you would draw every single person at the sound of my voice on the internet today also to be filled with the holy spirit i think that's the, the second most important thing by far that happened in my life was getting filled with the holy spirit when you receive jesus as your savior the spirit of god comes within then when you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit comes upon you, and He empowers you to serve, and He empowers you to grow, and He empowers you to do so many things that you cannot do without His assistance. So I encourage you, be filled, I thank God for those of you who receive.